What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Welcome, fans, to another edition of WPOV Global, featuring your lovely hosts, the gentlemen, Elio Canella, the <laughs> legend, T. James Logan, and I'm your host, Robotrash3000. <laughs> Anyways, folks, welcome to this week's edition. Oh, Elio, what were you doing? What, what kind of weird intro was that? <laughs> I don't know. You even introduced yourself first. You even introduced. I can tell it was you, Elio. You introduced yourself first as the host. <laughs> okay. My goodness. Anyway, folks, please excuse Elio. I'm not sure what's going through his head, but welcome. I'm your host, your other host, apparently, the legend T. James Logan. And with me is, I guess, my ho- the, the, my boss, the gentleman Elio Canella. Elio. <laughs> What? I don't understand, man. You just had to tell me. You didn't have to do all that weird introduction and stuff. I would have been all on board, man. Okay, anyway. Anyway, fans, you know, it's, uh, wow. You know, we took a week off last week. I know, I'm uh, talking like two weeks. Last week, uh, the show yeah. was preempted. Uh, they had yeah, that's a, what I meant. We were on vacation last week. They had week Global Plus. What was that? I found these old tapes. And you know what? I always forget that your father and my father did a show a long time ago. But, uh I got to tell you, you your your father had a weird sense of humor. That just, <laughs> it's like night and day with us. I know. And I got to say, uh, my father was pretty boring. Was wizard, <laughs> really? Can't get any sillier with your name? So, all right. Anyhow, um, folks, we, uh, yeah, if you didn't get a chance, though, it was really fun. We found this great taped episode that had actually been played on uh, some college radio stuff, I guess it was, back in 1984 featuring my father and uh, Elio's father hosting a show called uh, Global Plus, I think it was called. Global and man, Plus. Global Plus. And they went over all the crazy news that happened. And I guess this would have been roughly uh, April of 1984. And, and it was uh, interesting. They had a lot of different takes on some stuff. But boy, wrestling sure was fun. And listening to that show, I had a good time. And I got to tell you, Elio, you're pretty laid back compared to your father, the deviant. That guy is pretty crazy. He's pretty out there. What's the wonder you went straight laced growing up with a dad like that? What was that like? He got some attitude, jeez. That's all he was was straight attitude. My goodness. And apparently really bad eyesight because he couldn't see a lot of things that were happening. His cable was constantly going off. Something was in his eye. I don't know how to explain all that. Well, I mean, technology back then, right? So... Yeah, I guess we'll have to take it as such. So, folks, if you get a chance, go back and check out our special edition of Global Plus, uh, the show that uh, me and uh, Elio's fathers have done. And it's an interesting, fun little take. But we're back. We're back. And you know what? We missed a bit of wrestling. Uh, We missed uh, an episode of uh, AEW's uh, Dynamite, which had been moved because of playoff games and played on a Saturday night, which is a very odd night. Mm-hmm. Tonight's we're pro- we are recording right after a Thursday edition of Dynamite. So once again, Dynamite not back on track a day day later. But you know what? We've decided to record right after it, and uh, we'll get right into that. What I'd like to point out first of all, before we get into any other of our regular stuff, of what we did miss, you know, some of the news coming out of uh, last week's AEW's Dynamite. Uh, we had, uh, of course, FTR 
finally uh, talking about their manager. They have a manager. It is Tully Blanchard. I want to point out that I picked so far three of, I think, what are going to be the four horsemen because uh, I said it would be Sean Spears, FTR, and I am still holding out hope for hope that somehow Kenny Omega. Not well, hold on. That, that one poll we put up uh, weeks back mm -hmm. asked uh, who would the four, who would join Cody for horsemen though. Yeah, but I said it was never going to be Cody. Oh, you mean, oh, okay. I said never going to be Cody. Oh, okay. I, I do not see Cody. Oh, I, I remember, yes. I, I do remember that one comment you posted, yes. Yeah. So all of my American fans who uh, went out and, and followed that, I want to say, tough luck, sheeple. Ah, I got to say that word. <laughs> Canadians love saying sheeple. You Americans oh. make me laugh, sheeple. Anyhow, um, let's, uh, let's also, there was other big news coming out of there. Uh, Brody Lee capturing the dynamite tv title and uh injuring uh cody rhodes apparently cody is still out he did not appear on this week's edition of dynamite uh nobody knows exactly where he is but apparently he has been hurt so we'll find out uh, we'll try and follow that and see how serious that is or if that's just some you know storyline crap we don't know we'll find out but uh, Brody lee taking that match in i gotta say a very quick time and a very Big beatdown of Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes took an ass kick in that day, Elio. He did not mm -hmm. look like the champion. And nope. uh, I guess the reign of the uh, the Dark Order is now upon us. I mean, Brody Lee like blasted him with that clothesline. Holy jeez. Yeah, it was it was pretty harsh. It was pretty yeah. harsh. <laughs> and uh, well, you know what? Let, let's go on to uh, let's go on to our hot topic of the week. We're actually going to have yeah. two hot topics. One of them. Uh, we did a poll with other one. Our other hot topic we're going to talk about. We didn't make a poll about uh, just regarding uh, the PWI. You know, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated just put out their top 500. We're going to look at some of the top maybe five guys on there and discuss what we think of the five top. I have a question. When does yes. the PWI 500 usually come out? I believe it's out in a month or two. So oh, okay. it's, it's going to be out quite. Yeah, you know what? To be honest, I, I these things happen. It seems like every 12. Every 12 months, there's another one of these oh. yearly things. Because, so. I mean, I, I always knew, uh, like, do a 500 to be, like, towards, like, the end of the year. Yeah, but you know what? One thing we've learned about looking at magazines is at least a four-month yeah. window between uh, things. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just know that we were handed a list, told this is the, the top 500 is coming up. We were handed the list of the top 20, but we're going to discuss uh, some of them today, okay? And our other topic... It's one we put up for you fans out on our poll. It, uh, it was about the Dark Order. I mean, uh, you know, with Brody Lee capturing the Dynamite Belt with uh, the team of Grayson and Uno uh, getting some title shots, looking really good the last while. The question was, has Dark Order legitimized itself? Are they a legitimate team? Are they still a joke? Because they have not been presented very well up until the last while. We've continuously looked at them like jokes. Has things changed? I'm going to throw it over to Elio first and ask Elio your opinion on this. Do you think at this moment, the things that have gone on, has it made a difference? Or okay, is, so, is, is the Dark Order still jokes? Or have they been legitimized by the things that have so happened lately? When we, first, when we were first introduced as Dark Order group, I didn't really like them. I didn't like anything about them. They mm -hmm. still look like, like a big joke and like uh, a team of like jobbers and however uh recently they've been they've like put the 
big focus on in this group. So I'd say, yeah, they they have legitimized themselves, and now with uh, Brody Lee in there and uh, winning the TNT Championship, I'd say yes. Excellent. You know what? Um, we talked about this, me and you. We were very surprised uh, when Grayson and Uno. It's important to note that during most of this COVID time, we did not see uh, Grayson and Uno mm -hmm. uh, team up very much. Okay, we didn't. See, I barely saw them. We did see other members of the Dark Order. We did see them get continually beaten quite a bit. We saw uh, Brody Lee come out, uh, do a whole bunch of ridiculous skits. Definitely stuff um, yep. shot at about the you know kind of making fun of WWE. Uh, we've seen him lose a few key matches and not really seem to be the dominant force to move the needle because it seemed like the Dark Order were really going nowhere. As a matter of fact, I remember a couple of weeks ago, me and you talking off air and you asking me if you, if I thought that the Dark Order uh, was going to be pretty much done, like was Brody Lee make a big, did he make a difference? And at the time, I honestly thought that uh, when it came to the Dark Order itself, Brody Lee, Brody Lee didn't make a difference at all. And I was really of the belief that, and I told you that I believed that eventually they would just have Brody Lee leave the group and have to repackage him somehow. But surprise, surprise, as tag teams have been coming back, as Uno and Grayson have been able to make regular appearances, the, something lit a fire under these guys because, man, the, the, uh, the tag team matches we've seen coming from uh, uh, Grayson and Uno have been spectacular. Uh, they really showed me a lot of stuff in the last week. And Brody Lee looking pretty good, including, let's face it, any way you look at it, he took out Cody Rhodes pretty decisively. There was no, um, he fluked or got a, a, a suspected, you know, a suspicious win. He, he laid out Cody pretty good. Cody was pretty hurt. Cody's gone for a while. Apparently he is injured. So I'm going to have to say, man, I think finally the dark order is starting to be legitimized. I think people are starting to look at them more than just some kind of joke that's there filling the card. And I think me and you have discussed it too, that we finally see the Dark Order as a credible stable. So I'm going to go with, yeah, I think this what's happened last while has legitimized them. What do the fans say? Did, did we get a number on the polls, a percentage number? Uh, we don't have a percentage number. We do have a couple of comments on this okay. poll. Oh, well, you're doing that. I'll call up the percentage number. Okay, go ahead. Read out those, please. Okay, so Bobby Guthrie said no. Okay, Bobby, pretty harsh words. And then he uh, replied. He added another. He added some another comment to his uh, original post. This is just repairing the damages of poor booking and execution. Okay, so what he's saying is, well, all the things have been good for the the dark order that they dug such a hole looking crappy that even all this stuff is only just sort of making them come across so maybe not so much legitimizing them but maybe taking some of the stink off them hmm. okay i could see that now i'm looking over the numbers right now and it's the numbers in front of me say that 67.3 percent say that this legitimizes the dark order 67.3 percent that's that's an interesting number for me so, um, well, so, well, fans are maybe getting a little bit behind the uh, Dark Order, and maybe I'll start calling, I'll stop calling them the Dark Ord Order because they were stinking up the joint for a while. But uh, I guess, you know, victories can, victories belts and good showings can wipe, wipe away the stink. 
that sometimes gets thrown on you in professional wrestling. All right, now let's go into our next hot topic. This is a hot topic that uh, I'm going to encourage fans if they want to, uh, we're not going to really post anything about this, but if you want to uh, weigh in on our page, by the way, if, if folks do want to weigh in, Elio, where would people write in if they wanted to drop comments, ask questions, or even contribute to the hot topics? So they would uh, write in on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent, excellent. All right, now what we're going to look at today is uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated put out their top 500. It's becoming out right away. Uh, the full issue will be coming out soon. Uh, what we do have an advanced copy of is the top 20. I'm actually going to break it down. Let's go right now over the, let's take a look at the top 10. Okay. And I'm going to go backwards on some of this. And basically I want us each of me, when I, each of us, me and you, when, when I say out uh, the number and the person, if you think that the person is top 10 worthy of this list, I want you to say yes or no, Elio. If no, I would like you to say, tell me why you think they're not. And I will do the same. Okay. Okay. All right, number 10, AJ Styles. Yes. Yes, I'm going to have to agree. I think AJ Styles had a tremendous year. He's a tr tremendously talented guy. Um, I think he easily, easily can fit up here in the top 10. Number nine, Kofi Kingston. Mm. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going, to have to, I'm going to have to say no. I'm going to on that one. Uh, I'd I put him further down. I'd put him way further down. I yeah. feel that uh, he was given a very short title run and then they've pretty much abandoned him after this, you know? I mean, sure, he's out with an injury now, but, but up until then, after losing his belt, he was never really considered a threat to ever regaining it. It was seemed like it was a surprise win in the beginning mm -hmm. and they didn't really portray him as a strong champion whatsoever. So I'm going to have to say, I don't think he belongs on this top 10 list. All right, say it. Say his name. You know number eight. Say it like Rick would love to hear you say it. Seth Rollins. That's right. Number eight, Seth Rollins. With his, hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> That's me, Rick. Seth Rollins. Anyways, um, <laughs> Seth Rollins. Um, yeah, I could see him in the top ten, I guess. Um, it, uh, In my opinion, uh, he's kept himself uh, on the forefront in Raw. Uh, he is still a credible uh, challenger. I say some weeks. I say some weeks his promos are not so good. Some weeks they're like pretty good. Okay. Would you think though in the last year would you consider him to be part of this top ten? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd put at some point in the top ten. Yep. All right. Next we have number seven, Cody Rhodes. Now, Cody yeah. Rhodes. I'm. I'm gonna have to say he put on a tremendous winning streak as. Um, the Dynamite Champion. He held the uh, he held the almost weekly was defending that title. Um, I'm not sure if I put him in the top ten. I mean, I can see him be representing AEW because he is one of the the bigger faces of AEW, and I don't mean as in good guy face. I mean he's just one of the faces you see on television a lot. Um, boy, I'm really tossed on this one. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm going to say 50% yes, 50% no. I'm undecided if he belongs on this top 10. Okay. What do you think? I'm going to say, like, um, well, he, well, he's been consistent with the uh, open challenges uh, and stuff, and now he's being out of action after losing his championship. I'd put him a little lower. Than the All top right. 10. Sounds fair to me. 
Looking at number six, Kazuchika Okada. Mm. I am going to say no in the top 10 this year, only for the fact as well, Okada, his reputation, I think, is what's got him in here. He has not had a strong year this year. And if anything, uh, he's gone through some tremendous uh, losing streaks. Um, he's not been the dominant force in New Japan right now. He's definitely not the focus of it. So um, I'm going to say I do not think he belongs in the top 10 this year. Maybe the top 20, but definitely not the top 10. What do you think? I'm going to say no to this one as well. Okay. At number five, Tetsuyo Naito. Mm-hmm. Now, Naito, I'm going to say... I don't believe he belongs as high as number five, but I do see him in the top 10. I think as a champion this year, he was a bit lackluster in some of his, uh, he definitely didn't set people on fire as much as the run up to him winning the title did. Everyone was very excited him chasing the belt, but winning the belt, he has not seemed uh, that exciting of a champion when he did hold it. He's already lost that title to evil. Um, I switch, say- switch him around with, AJ Souser, Seth Rollins. All right, at number four, Drew McIntyre, the current mm. Universal Champion. Um, I think he's had a pretty good year. I think he deserves to be here. His belt alone, the Universal title, should put you at least in the top five. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with number four. And I guess you could say he got his WrestleMania moment at SummerSlam. Yes, you know, still not in front of crowds, but at least a little bit bigger than what WrestleMania was. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to ask you. Number three, Chris Jericho. This guy, I'm going to say yes because uh, Chris Jericho is always entertaining. Yeah, he is sometimes he can get annoying, but he always seems to reinvent himself. However, this latest creation he's come up with, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm going to say no, he doesn't belong in the top 10. I think maybe rated 11 would have been good. I think he's a tremendous, uh, he's brought a lot of eyes on the product. He definitely is hilarious on um, commentary, as we yep. saw tonight. I mean, you heard a lot of funny stuff. Um, I just don't think that, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not putting him in the top 10. I would put mm-hmm. him maybe 11. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, Adam Cole, baby. Uh, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm okay too. with this. Yeah. Adam Cole is uh, definitely, showing he's a force to reckon with. I got to say, though, to be honest, in my opinion, I would rate the Universal Championship higher than the NXT Championship. All right, and number one. Now, Rick and Tony over at uh, WPOV Wrestling at our sister show, they weren't too uh, impressed with this pick. They both thought Adam Cole. But I'm sorry, I think John Moxley had a solid year as a champion. He is undefeated. I mean, as of tonight, his record was 18-0. and 0. Uh, he's been dominant across AEW. He's looked strong. He hasn't been booked to look stupid. Uh, he's had some brutal matches. He's had some great, tremendous, fun matches. His promos? His promos may not be the greatest. Uh, sometimes he'll have a good one. No, a lot yeah, of times they sometimes, seem rambling. It's like, other, like uh, once in a while his promos might not be as great as other times. Yes, um, but I'm going to have to say... Uh, I would still rate him higher than everybody else the last year. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, John Moxley definitely deserves to be number one on this list. Fans, I'm interested in what you people think. If you're interested to throw together your top five picks for who you thought should have been listed for last year for the PWI's top 500 list, I'm curious. Would you put Mox? Do you think Chris Jericho deserves to be in there? 
Does Adam Cole deserve to be above Drew McIntyre? I'm very curious what you fans have to say. Hey, my friend would probably put Taz at the top. Oh, my Lord, Taz. I think you're taller than Taz. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, fans, definitely write in, and, and I'm curious. I'll read your results. I'll read your names and results, and, and we'll see what other people are thinking. So uh, let's move on now to this week's Impact. All right? We watched Impact... Uh, we didn't talk about last week's impact. It wasn't really that important. Let's talk about this week's impact. I actually watched it earlier tonight. All right. First of all, um, they opened up with Eddie Edwards. Uh, who did he face here? Why can't he I think of it right faced, um, let's see, uh, RVD. I saw this. Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, for me, this was a bit of an unusual match in the sense that you usually don't see our RVD taking a definitive loss like this. You know, Eddie didn't resort to, like, funny tactics, mm-hmm. interference, reversals, nothing. He, he beat RVD pretty clean. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but sometimes Eddie Edwards matches lately, lately, feel a little flat to me. Yeah, they, they, they all feel the same to me every time I see them. Yeah, it doesn't matter who, you know, and it was, it was nice to see RVD getting a chance, but let's face it, uh, you're right, it didn't feel like... It didn't feel the greatest. It, it just, he doesn't have that feel. His matches feel like, you know, when you go and watch WWE matches and the main, the champion isn't even the main event. It's that sort of deal. You know, they, you know, he's just sort of there, but he's mm-hmm. not, I don't know. So yeah, I'm going to say I wasn't the biggest fan of this. The match was okay. I was very surprised at RVD's loss. Or not the, his loss, but just sort of the way he lost. Being is, it, is it just me? Is there a lot of ants on this show? There was a lot of what? Vignettes. Or in, oh, in yeah. Yeah, there was lots of that stuff. I, I don't want to really go over them all. Was there any that you wanted to talk about with something? No, no, I don't know. Because, I, I just, I, because I just, I'm just looking at my notes. I have like a whole bunch of vignettes all this one after another. I'm like, I yeah, can't yeah. there are all these uh, vignettes. Well, there, there was really not much wrestling yeah. for this whole program. What is there, two matches and something that wrestled? I think there was like three or something. I counted three, I don't know. Okay, what, what's the other match you have listed? Brian Myers defeating Willie Mack, and then we had... There the, we go, uh, there we go. Brian Myers, Willie Mack. That was such <laughs> a forgettable match that I didn't even remember until <laughs> you said it. Uh, not sure what to think about Brian Myers. Um, the former, what did, that, what did he call himself in WWE? Kurt Hawkins. Curtis Hawkins. And as a Canadian, as a Canadian, all I think of is, does he work for the Hawkins Cheesy Company? Because... He's pretty freaking cheesy, but um, I, did, I did like that main event, though. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yep. Don't, don't, don't jump the shark yet. Okay. But, um, I don't want to sound like a meanie, but uh, I love Willie Mack. Um, but this just this was a very forgettable match. Yeah. Not, nothing really sticks out in my mind. Um, and speaking about things I wish I could forget, I can't take this Wrestle House crap. I cannot take it. it is, <laughs> Oh if it wasn't God. for Kylie Ray, I would put this all on fast forward. Oh, jeez. It's, it's just it's hot garbage. It's just okay. Old, you know, I'm sorry. Last week, a couple of weeks back, I said I, how I like Rosemary, but no, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take that back because it's just whole Russell House crap is just, and everyone is just. Oh. Yeah. They've, they've, made, they've, made, they've made the few people who are interesting. I get the idea. The idea was like, okay, Rosemary. Up until you oversaturated her storyline here, she was starting to seem interesting. Somebody you could maybe get behind a little, understand a yep. little, even that crazy Steve guy. But 
they've just put, done too much idiotic garbage in this thing that now you're just sick of these people. I'm literally sick. I mean, I hate a Taya Valkyrie going in. I hate her even more now. I'd stab her in the eye with a <laughs> and, fork if uh, I could. Apparently, I mean, apparently just, next week we're going to get her and Rosemary with a winner takes all. With a who, who, who gives a shit belt is what they should call it because none of us do. It's, it's Russell. I don't know. I'm really hoping this stuff ends because I'm tired of it. I think I, 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 I'd love to know like who, whose idea this was, though, because well, it's you know, really bad. Well, you know, we talked about this before. In the beginning, it had a potential to be interesting, but it's just it's cartoon, hammy crap writing. And wrestlers aren't good actors to begin with, so trying to get them to you know, read this, which, which to their acting ability, freaking Shakespeare is, is ridiculous. It's, it's not, it's not going to work. It's, it was never going to work. And I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. I'm sick of it. You know, let's, let's move on. Just like we're going to move on from this thing. All I can say this last thing I want to say about Wrestle House this week is just end this, please mercifully end this, find something else. I'd rather have vignettes of people threatening each other, uh, <laughs> 20 of them in this crap. All right, moving on, though, let's talk about that main event because that was a very good main event. Yeah, it was. Diana uh, Peraza putting up her uh, Impact Women's title, sorry, Knockouts title um, against former champion Jordan Grace in a two out of three falls match. Uh, this was a 30 minute. Not sorry, not two out of three. Was it was it an Iron Man? No, no, no it was, it was 30, an Iron Man. Yeah, it was a thirty woman Iron Man match. Sorry, 30 it's because Iron it went Man. to three. Yeah. It's because it went to three uh, things that threw me off there for a sec. Yeah, um, interesting. Uh, really well done. Uh, definitely old school wrestling. Power versus yep. finesse versus yep. skill versus just a really good stuff. Um, and it surprised me. You know, you had. Uh, Jordan Grace taking the first fall, and you're thinking, okay, is there going to be a bunch of falls? Or is this going to be a straight out, you know, blowout? Uh, Diano uh, getting the tie and then winning mm-hmm. in pretty short order after that second uh, fall. Um, I liked it. I really did. It really showcased both of these ladies. Um, going in, everyone knows that I was definitely a Jordan Grace giant supporter. Uh, I'm going to have to say, Diano Peraza impressed me enough that uh yeah she won my respect and uh she walked out with the belt and i'm not sad about that as much as i love jordan grace at least this isn't a terrible champion like taya valkyrie yep okay so uh what did you think of that match buddy no i really like this matches uh and actually um when this match started i was looking at my watch and it was like 10 minutes until AEW. Mm-hmm. And then I had my iPad next to me, and I had it all set up uh, on the TSN app. I had it open for when AEW started. The, mm-hmm. When AEW had started, this match was still going on, and it was like close to the end. I'm like, okay, I've got two, <laughs> I got two shows going on here. I can only watch one. Yikes, trying to watch two shows. I have a hard enough time watching when it's picture in picture. I can't see how you could watch two different things. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, though, this was a hmm. – we talked about this in the sense that we thought this was better than last week's episode. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to say uh, the Russell House stuff, the boringness of Eddie Edwards, the Willie Mack stuff, bringing it down. So it was only 30 minutes of good, solid wrestling. I'm gonna, yep. I'm, I'd give it a half-ass. It was, it was you know, if I was going to grade this on a percentage-wise, I'd give it a 75%. Okay. What I'm about gonna... you? I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the seventy. Okay. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Well, you know what, fans? We're going to take a quick uh, break here. When we get back, we're going to talk about tonight's AEW Dynamite. Interesting show appearing. Uh, we just finished watching it live. Uh, we'll, talk, uh, we'll talk some stuff, so we'll see you back in a few minutes. Hey, listen up. This is El Lobo, Andy Anderson, the Lone Wolf, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Global right now. Hey, folks, welcome back. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about, before we get into uh, the second part of the show, I want to mention about, as we regularly mention, the fact that we have some T-shirts for sale. That's right, fans. Now's your chance to get exclusive T-shirts from Wrestling POV, and we do have one for Wrestling POV Global. They're pretty cool. Uh, the global one is uh, our gold logo with uh, the words the gentleman and uh, the legend on them. Uh, pointing to various anatomy pieces, so I'll let you guess that one. But uh, there's also three designs that you can find on Wrestling POV. Help support us uh, by buying these T-shirts. You know what? It doesn't cost. Uh, it does cost a little bit of money for us to uh, to put these shows together, to have them uh, out there. And any money that you actually uh, buy with these T-shirts goes to help supporting the cause here. Helps us do the things we do now currently we have um three programs okay there's this pro this program wpov global which me and elio host where we cover basically everything that's non-wwe related ex with the exception that we do cover uk all right but other than that we, we try and look at impact aew we do a regular weekly aew thing uh, when new japan's going we take a nice hard look at all the stuff going on there so we try and keep up with all those kind of events then if you're more interested in just straight WWE stuff, take a look at Wrestling POV, hosted by Tony Diaz and Rick Serrano III. There, they take a look at all the goings-on in Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT, and they also take a little bit of look at uh, their weekly look at AEW. So fun stuff. And you can find all of those programs on uh, Podbean, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and... Tune in. Oh, and tune in. That's the new ones. Definitely check us out on tune in also. And uh, we also have a special exclusive show that is uh, exclusive to Facebook and uh, YouTube. And that's WPOV Quarantine, hosted by me, the legend T. James Logan. We do have the gentleman who sometimes will talk, sometimes not, but running the old uh, equipment. Uh, each week we have a different uh, topic. And each week I have guests, different wrestlers from around North America pop in and weigh in on whatever the program's about. And uh, we've had some fun stuff. We've covered all kinds of topics. I do know next week we have coming up, we'll be covering, I believe, uh, uh, Matt Wrestlers and Grapplers, our next episode. After that, we're going to take a look at wrestling schools. And I was thinking of doing an episode all about the flashy wrestlers out there. All those wrestlers who may not have been the best wrestlers in the world, but they had the coolest costumes, the coolest look, and they made you follow them that even though they weren't the most exciting guys. So let's take a look at this week's AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! First of all, uh, I didn't know what to expect, okay? After uh, WWE has their uh, Thunderdome, I was wondering, would AEW kind of ramp up and do something? Well, they did a, a little bit more pyro, it seemed. And, uh, I bet they had live fans back. 10%. They mentioned yep. that 10% capacity and that uh, masks were encouraged. So 
there were some fans in there. Um, now, we start off with uh, this match. It's kind of an odd match. Now, here's the, here's the dealio. It involves the teams that are rated 1, 2, 3, and 4. So teams three and four faced each other. And this is sort of a gauntlet style. Soon as whatever team won that match, the number two team came out and fought them. And whoever won that match, the number one team fought them. And whoever was that won that match would get a title shot against uh, Page and Omega at the next pay-per-view. Kind of a cool concept, but why in the hell wouldn't just the number one contenders get the shot? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, so we start off with the teams of uh, the Young Bucks, and the natural uh, nightmares standing in the ring. Now, before this even gets started, Elio, mm-hmm. they introduce Chris Jericho to the commentary, which in my books is always fun. He, he's pretty, he says some pretty outrageous stuff. And Jericho and his song were both trending. Well, I gotta say, when he came out, man, the fans just ate him up. Like, the people were singing his song. You know, he had, it seemed like he got more excitement out of him walking from the entrance to his chair than the fans reacted to the whole matches that were coming okay. out. I, I, I think Chris Jericho listens to, to our quarantine show. Why do you figure? Because aside from Fozzie, he also has another side project that with another group and they call themselves Quarantine. They call themselves Quarantine. Ripping <laughs> off my show, damn you, Jericho. At least come on the damn show. I would right? be mad if you come on and sit on a couple episodes with us. You can abuse Elio as much as you want. <laughs> What's Heck, going even- on? I'll even take the abuse down a level so you can abuse him higher. I'm cool with that. Elio, heck, Elio's cool with that. If he's not, I'll punch him till he is. All right. <laughs> now that's abusement. Now, uh, so yeah, Jericho comes out. Uh, fans are going apeshit crazy. People are singing along, having a great time. Um, I'm going to say this. I don't. I, I guess I do like his song, but I've never downloaded it. I've never listened to it outside of the context of wrestling. So I have. You already know I'm the big music guy on this show. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, not for me. Not, I, I mean, not. I wouldn't say not for me. I just never have downloaded it. It seems like an okay song. I mean, I just have enough music that I listen to that I don't need to be listening to wrestlers' music. So, oh well. Um, so let's start off. Young Bucks against the National Nightmares. Um, I find it extremely funny that uh, Dustin Rhodes is so much bigger than the Young Bucks. I mean, that's almost cartoonish. You just see him towering over these little guys. Um, whew. he was hot tonight. I mean, he mm-hmm. was—he really seemed on. QT Marshall, just—I don't know, man. This, this guy doesn't do it for me. I don't—I don't know yeah. why. Just something about him. He just seems a little bit slower than everybody, you know. Um, I'm gonna—I want to throw out that while it's still fresh in my head, I laughed when they had a move where the young bucks, uh, both of them, uh, gave a super kick and kicked QT Marshall in the in the legs. And Jericho referred to it as sweet shin music. <laughs> that, that was funny. Oh, man. And then when Dustin uh, did a Canadian Destroyer on one of the <laughs> Young Bucks, uh, Tony yells out, Canadian Destroyer. And, uh, and Jericho's like, no, that's a Texas Destroyer. He's never been anywhere near Canada. Right? And then they're, like, they're like, no, no. He's been to Canada many times. He goes, no, 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 he hasn't. They, you know they wouldn't let him cross the border. <laughs> so that was, that give give props to Jericho for that. I get a kick out of him because even when he screws up, he just he owns it and makes it funny. You know, yeah. like he'll just play on his screw up instead of some guys who'll be awkward or whatever. He'll just be like, pay, put it as part of his blustering character, and and that works. 
Um, like I said, this was an okay match. Um, the Bucks doing all kinds of young Bucks crap, I guess. Yep. I don't know. They did, yep. You know, continuous things. Um, in the end, they take the win. So out comes the number two team, the best friends. And they start their match. Uh, man, let's see. What can I say about the best friends? Uh, it was an okay match. Chuck mm -hmm. looked okay. It, there was, you know, there's something that happened in the beginning of the match. And it's those things where you see something mm -hmm. and then you wonder if that was real or if that was a thing. And it was right at the beginning, Trent, not Trent, sorry, uh, Chuck did something where he looked like he was going to pull the fake I hurt my knee crap. Did you catch that in the beginning? And then they missed it totally, like the Young Bucks and the ref missed it. So they, he just went on and started wrestling. And then the, 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 you know, the commentators later on said, well, you know, Chuck, he hurt his knee kind of. And, and uh, I guess it played into the very end. But it just seemed very awkward that he did that thing with the knee and nobody seemed to notice or react to it. But at the end, he ends up tapping out after being put in uh, a leg lock. So, you know, good, good. You know, this, I, like the, I like the best friends. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're necessarily championship material. You know, I don't know if they're the guys you really want to put your belts on. I'm sorry, did the best, fr did the best friends... Oh, wait, I went too, no, sorry, yeah. I went too far ahead here. Sorry, I, I skipped ahead. Yeah. The best friends take this because of the whole um, Adam Page thing. Yeah, that, that was surprising. When I, saw, I saw him come out. Yeah. He, he, like, hung on. He was holding on to, I think, Nick or Matt. So, yeah, Nick's leg yeah. cost them so, the match, yeah. I, I'm sorry. After listening to Jim Cornette, I too kind of when I see him, I call him Balding Buck. So when, when Balding Buck we is being held and Road Warrior Buck was still in <laughs> So um, sorry, I skipped over that and I shouldn't have because, all right, so they get the win. Uh, the, be the best friends get the win mm -hmm. over the Young Bucks because Adam Page comes out and grabs um, Balding Buck. Which one is Balding? The blonde one. Uh, Nick. Nick's the Balding one? Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah. Matt's the other one. Okay. Yeah. So he grabs him, and it's very awkward because he grabs him, costs them the win, and then he walks over about 10 feet and just kind of stands there looking like he's in shock, like he's not sure what he's done. Yeah. And they're standing there gaping at him. Meanwhile, the best friends are like, hey, we won. Holy crap. You and know? then he just walks off. Yeah, and then he walks off into the audience <laughs> and walks up where Mox usually comes out. And they have, you know, so, okay, we'll get back to that. So the Young Bucks, they, they're kind of ticked. The best friends are left then to face FTR. Now, we do have, you know, the best friends. We have Chuck kind of, I guess, maybe getting his knee hurt. And eventually, FTR takes advantage of that pretty quickly. This, this third match went went rather fast. They put him into a leg lock and uh, he taps out. And thus, uh, FTR will be the guys getting the title shot at, against Page and Omega. So, interesting. Not sure why uh, did Omega and Page... Was the idea here that Adam Page did not want to face the Young Bucks again? Well, that was my uh, first thought, that maybe he didn't want to face the Young Bucks again. But then I'm wondering if... At uh, All Out, we see uh, Paige uh, joining FTR. Nope. <laughs> it was again, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, we'll discuss that because it was very confusing. And it, it gets worse, fans, as you're going to tell when we get to the segment later on with them. 
it's even more confusing. Ever. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm gonna say. All right, uh, we next come to uh, Lance Archer having a squash match against Sean Maluta. Um, this is Archer, I recognize that name. Yeah, yeah, I believe he's like a relative of The Rock somehow. He's like a Samoan guy, I think. I think that's who the guy was. I think I saw he was in the NXT. Yeah, and he was on that show. Do you remember that? Uh, they used to do that show with NXT wrestlers, kind of a backstage ongoing thing. Like they had Aaliyah in it. And uh, do you remember? Uh, Breaking Army? Ground? Was that what it's called? Breaking Ground, maybe? I'm pretty uh, sure that dude was featured in a few episodes of that. Oh, okay. That's where I remember him from. Um, this was a good Lance Archer squash match because sometimes it seems matches they give him, he was presented really well here. He looked like a monster. He didn't look too cartoony as sometimes he can do. He didn't look like a big goof who, you know, gets distracted or taken down easy. He looked dangerous here. And and I thought this was effective. Um, then uh, they start bragging about how he's going to win the, uh, the 21 man, uh, all out battle Royal. And I gotta admit, I was extremely surprised to see your your best friend Taz. I'm sure you're mistaken. We're not friends. We're talking about. Okay, well. Even Miguel Cole hates him. True. I love Miguel. Have I told you how much I love Miguel? Anyways. Oh, you stop. Come on, don't don't be jealous of Miguel. You're still my favorite puppet, but you know Miguel's Miguel's right up. There. Um, <laughs> the bromance continues. The, so I was extremely surprised. I, okay. Yeah, I was very surprised that Brian Cage and Ricky Starks come out because it was like, um, all of these guys are bad guys. There's no, <laughs> you can't make either of them good guys. So are they there to join up? But they weren't. All of a sudden you got a lot of like, it kind of looked like that uh, Brian Cage and maybe Lance Archer were like sizing each other up. And it took a hell of a long time, but Darby <laughs> Allen <laughs> skateboarding. All right. Playing from the back down. It took a long time. It was so. It would have been a lot cooler if it hadn't been so long. I like how Jericho took credit for inventing Darby Allen. Yeah, I created Darby. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he comes out, skates out, jumps in the ring, and knocks Ricky Starks out of his shoes, which was <laughs> hilarious. He literally knocked him out of his shoes. Um. So then they go off fighting and. Unfortunately, we don't get anything between Cage and uh, Archer. Just a lot of posturing and posing. And mm -hmm. but who knows, you know, who's going to win that. Right. You know, or who's going to go on. Um, then we had, uh, let's see. Next coming out, we had the team of, um, well, we had this whole MJF stuff starting out. Um, I want to ask your opinion about this MJF. This MJF stuff is really kind of annoying me. You know what? I don't get it. I don't get it with this guy. And like, I don't see it. I don't see it with the MJF. Like, the big deal. I don't either. Like, he, he's not anywhere scary or... <laughs> like, he doesn't seem like to me like to be a real threat to John Moxley. Nope. You know, like, maybe, I mean, maybe Wardlow helps him. But other than that, he doesn't seem like he has much to stand on. So he comes out and he's doing, he's all like bandaged up and he's in a, you know, like a wheelchair and he's got a neck brace yeah, on. Apparently he's like, yeah, he uses a walker now. <laughs> yeah. So he's all mad because John Moxley jumped him from behind and beat him up. So now I'm going to say I didn't expect the end of this thing, which 
is nice, made me laugh a little bit mm -hmm. because we've seen this junk before where uh, a wrestler tries to have another wrestler's move banned, which I don't get, you know. I mean, seriously. My dad tried uh, to have the phone also banned. Yeah, yeah, your dad. What was that all about? You know, I did. I did look into that, and he didn't. Those five thousand signatures he was bragging about uh, were his own. And so, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, your dad probably won't talk about that. But apparently, right. he, he almost got fired, fired from uh, the show for pulling stuff like that. But anyhow, um, I don't get that. You know, Mox made a good point. Okay, you know, Mox is looking at this thing, and part of the contract is they. They faxed, and this is funny because I didn't really catch it because they kept saying how they had faxed Mox the uh, contract earlier this afternoon. Right. And he's up there ready to sign it. So, okay. So he's getting ready to sign it. And they're insisting that um, the dirt, what do they call it now? I was going to say the dirty deeds. Uh, it's not called the, the paradigm dirty shift. Deeds. The paradigm shift used to be the dirty deeds uh, DDT in uh, WWE. So basically, this is just a, a hook arm. Uh, uh, DDT. I mean, it's not really nope. that dangerous of a move to begin <laughs> with. But anyways, so um, MJF is basically trying to have it banned. And he was saying, he's like trying to throw out all these insults to Mox about how uh, he can out-wrestle Moxley and Moxley has no chance. And that, Mo does Moxley have the guts to face him without using that move? Um, I'm going to throw one funny prop out there was when um, when MJF set, was making fun of uh, Moxley's hair balding and moxley came back with oh don't worry it'll happen to you someday oh but first you're gonna have to go through puberty that was a good comeback <laughs> um so he agrees he says fine and he makes a very good point here when he says okay you're still worried about the paradigm shift you know but you realize now if you take that away now i'm going to think of all the other ways i can hurt you now i'm going to concentrate on all the different ways i can break your arms legs you know and that's true, you know. So I, I thought it was extremely dumb that he would want, that you would try and just ban his move, you know, because he's it's not like his only move. No, but, he also did that uh, modified skull Christian finale thing that the Miz does. Yeah. So like, um, it just seems ridiculous that you're trying to get him to ban that move. Then uh, this obnoxious—I don't know who that lawyer was, but he was obnoxious. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, next week, we're getting there. We're getting there. Go on, go on. So Moxley signs the contract finally. They're jumping up and down, laughing and hooting and saying how they figuring they got one over on Moxley. And they're yeah, like, six, six, a 16 page contract. <laughs> a 16 page contract. And uh, Moxley turns around by saying, Well, you know what? I'm, I'm so glad you guys, you know, you, after you signed, they had signed it already, saying, You know, I'm so glad you guys uh, didn't have a problem with what, what I added on on page 17. And they're like, What? 17 there was only 16 pages so they read it and this is just kind of dumb but the contract basically that they'd signed said that uh there would be a pre-match next week featuring moxley against the lawyer <laughs> so i don't get that that is just dumb as dumb as hell i don't know why he wants to go in there and fight the lawyer doesn't it seem like there was much funnier or weirder things he could have done but let's give him the ingenuity that he pulled one over on them which okay. was funny okay so yeah, um, that was okay. Um, I'm not really sure how much I'm really looking for it because here's the problem. I don't think MJF is ready to be a main event guy for a company. No. And I don't think he's going to put on a credible match with John Moxley where unless he cheats to win, like totally, 
uses Wardlow and does all this stuff. I don't see him as being a guy that you're going to see as an upper echelon wrestler. I just don't see it. So unfortunately, I think they run the risk of this match of exposing MJF to not to be a great talker and not much else. And so that that's my concern here. Okay. Um, we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm not sure. I really don't think that uh, MJF really does have it in him uh, to be the guy to beat Moxley. It just doesn't seem like it. Uh, next, we had a match was kind of a weird match. I thought it was a weird match anyways, is we got Butcher, Blade, and the Lucha Brothers with their uh, manager, I guess he is, Eddie Kingston, uh, yep. taking on the team of Griff Garrison, Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, and Brian Pillman Jr., who is this Griff Garrison? Like, we've seen him a few times already. I, I, he's just a guy on Dark a lot. He's just a younger guy who's they're trying to develop into the system. Um, I loved, uh, I loved uh, what's his name, uh, throwing out uh, Von Eric references. And uh, I do believe uh, Jericho referenced an old WCW guy, uh, Steve oh. Simpson, which the guy kind of looks way more like Steve Simpson. Than he does like. Uh, I remember uh, the name Steve Simpson. Yep. Yeah, he was just sort of. He looked exactly like that dude, to be honest. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, match gets on, and I'm gonna say this match fell really short for me in execution. What did you think of it, Elio? It. <clears throat> I like the Butch and the Blade, um, like the Lucha Brothers, but this was this match was really weird. Me. And like the, the weirder pairing, I mean, the weirder combination of Griff Garrison, Brian Hillman Jr., Sonny Kiss. It was just a Joey Janelle, just not apparent. Like Joey Janelle and Sonny Kiss, I get because yeah. we've seen them team. But yeah, like the addition Pillman? of Pillman Jr. and uh, Garrison. Yeah. I, and was, I was, sorry. No, it was just a really uh, odd uh, team. Odd pairing to see, yeah. Yep. I got to say, too, I was very surprised that uh, Brian Pillman Jr. ate the pin. You know, I would have thought it would be it would be make more sense to have. Uh, uh, what is his name? Garrison take the pin because he's sort of the way most unknown guy there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt them. Kind of hurts Pillman a bit because now people are like, oh, well, maybe Pillman Jr. isn't all that great. Didn't think it was that good. Um, then. OK, we talked about the new order earlier. Now they have this sort of celebration of Brody Lee. And got to tell you, man, this was the crappiest celebration I've ever seen. I'm not sure what the point of it was. That Brody, you know, you had uh, one of the Dark Order guys um, telling uh, Brody Lee how much he liked him. Oh, I mean, who, Brody Lee yeah, who, who was, that, who, was that that Preston Vance guy that uh, whatever? No, no, was... that was that John Silver. Oh, that was Silver, okay. Yeah, that was John Silver. <laughs> oh, man. And talk about making a guy look bad. I mean, not only does Brody Lee kick him, knock him down, slap him around, then he tells his partner, go get that little shrimpy guy in line. Like, he just, you know, runt. I think he called him a runt. Maybe that was the word. But he, you know, I'm sure the guy struggles in the wrestling world that he's shorter. But then being pointed out on national television how you're a runt. <sighs> So I'm not, I, like I said, I didn't really get much out of this. Thought it was kind of dumb. Uh, didn't see the point of it. Because there really wasn't a point to any of this. I mean, uh, the yeah, night you, know, you, know, you know all these, uh, whenever someone wins a title or whatever, mm -hmm. anytime they have their own celebration, it's just uh, yeah, but there. Usually, 
usually there's like that's usually a good way to segue into their next yeah challenges but, but the, the, this one didn't really do anything because who's gonna do gonna, anything who's gonna challenge him now who's gonna well apparently i heard one name but who did you hear i heard jtg but i don't see him beating really yeah um and then you know what they ended the segment with like the nightmares coming out and getting beat up so i yeah it just seemed like a really ridiculous waste of time this it didn't further anybody didn't make anyone look good and it didn't make Brody lee look good either it made him look like kind of like a jerk who just bullies around the, the his lackeys so and i think they came back up because uh later on because i think evil uno was, evil uno was uh, recruiting uh tenera conti yeah yep that came out later i think just was that just before the main event i think that might have been just before the main event so. it just came to the side and 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 yeah, Elio of course jumped the horse here and explained this one. But uh, they did come out later on and offer Taya. Yeah, but come on, Anna J looks good. Yeah, Anna J. They actually both look good. They're both attractive women. I just don't know how they fit into the new <laughs> order, looking like yeah. two blonde. Yeah, is it's just I. You guys are gonna have to sell me on this one, AEW, because as it stands now, they're just they're beautiful blonde girls that just do not fit in with the dark order. I'm, I'm not sure where you're gonna go with that um then uh this one okay i want to talk about this one because this one was very odd to me oh. and i did not see the point of this segment okay is you have adam page sitting at this kind of like uh because they what those are is they have these like lounges within the um the thing where people can go drink within the uh stadiums they're at so he's yep. at one of the stadiums which is hilarious since it's all closed off but he's there and it's open and he's having a drink the young bucks come in and they come up and start like giving him hell. They, they're saying, you know what? Uh, we said you were a jobber. We said you were not, you didn't fit in, but we only said those things to, to, to like, to spur you on, to, to get you to rise to better occasions. And we've always thought of you as a friend, but now you've proven that you're no friend of ours and mm. that you care about us and that we were idiots to keep trying to keep the elite alive with you in it because we thought you deserved to be there, but you don't, and basically you can go to hell and you're no longer our friends and we're taking our toys and we're going home. So new, new poo on you sort of thing. They both, <laughs> yeah. they both sob off. Meanwhile, through all of this, the most confusing thing is Adam Page standing there like, like he doesn't know why he did it or he's ashamed he's did it or, you know, it just didn't come up. Like it made more sense if he was mad and there was a reason he did not He was like, screw you young bucks. But he actually looked like he was brokenhearted to be kicked out of the, the elite. The, oh, and I forgot they, they threw his drink in his face and called him. No, I saw yeah. And so I'm very, conf I just didn't get what they were going for here. Well, I, don't, I don't know where they're going with this. Yeah, because are you supposed to be sympathetic towards Paige, who just did this horrible thing to his so-called friends? Or are you supposed to be sympathetic to the Young Bucks, who they got screwed over, but they're also acting like total jerk-offs, who kind of deserve what they get. So very, I, I, some people may say that's layered storytelling. I just don't think it's very good. I think it's confusing, and I think it, when you're confusing us as who, who we should be cheering for here, I think you'd have done a, not a very good service. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I gotta say um, that 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 just it came off as weird. Just came off as weird. Um, then we get to the women's handicap match. Uh, 
Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and Rebel taking on Big Swole. Uh, with basically Britt Baker sitting in a wheelchair wearing the goofiest looking thing over her face to protect her nose. Yeah, I like Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And uh, man, um, is Rebel really that bad of a wrestler or is she <laughs> pretending to be? Because she is useless as shit in there. She did nothing. I mean, I don't know. Have we, well, we see, we saw she was in the Impact Wrestling, but I don't yeah, remember her being uh, that this long bad. that she can't remember how to wrestle. Like, seriously, dude, she made Penelope Ford look like Luthez, okay? And Penelope Ford is the drizzling shits. So, how bad is she? You know, yeah, because, I mean? because I mean, when I uh, the first uh, match I started, I'm like, and like, it looks like she was trying to remember how to mm. wrestle. But I'm like, wait. Come on, you can't be this bad. Yeah. You were an uh, impact wrestling. I mean, she's getting she was getting free makeup for a year. <laughs> uh, anyways. I guess yeah, Penelope, um, I guess Penelope Ford kept saying you don't get free dental work. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Rich give him to that, but uh then this was the most awkward. You knew this you knew the spot was coming with the crutch where she was going to hit. They were gonna hit uh swole in the face. You've got um You've got Penelope Ford holding Swole's arms. You've got uh, um, Rebel right. coming in with uh, the crutch. And they do the switcheroo where she shows the crutch as if she's going to hit him the ref. The ref grabs the crutch, turns around to throw it out. As she turns around, uh, Britt throws her the second crutch, and then she's supposed to whack Swole in the face with the crutch and go for the win. And it was just so awkward how you could see a mile away that she was going to miss and hit her partner. And she did. And so Swole, uh, you know, scoops up Rebel for the, the win. And now she gets her shot at Britt Baker coming up. And I got to tell you, this was a, a pretty bad match. Yeah, this was bad. This was pretty bad. Yep. And uh, I was not happy about it. Um, I think somewhere along the lines, I missed mentioning how they had a really good package showing of, um, of uh, Thunder Rosa yep. uh, coming in to fight Hikiroshida and I got to tell you, that was a very good package. And both women were presented really strong, even up to the moment where they sign contracts and, and do their last uh, post thing before their upcoming match. I'm excited. Um, yeah. Sheeta has been wrestling like crazy. And Thunder Rosa, I've I known her from other things. And right now, oh, she's wait. also on a very good deal. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see this. I'm very excited to see this match. And uh, I'm not sure who I cheer for. Because I, well, that's probably going to be Sheeta because I love Sheeta, but this Thunder Rosa is a very good wrestler. So, very excited to see that. Um, then let's get now to uh, the main event. All right. And uh, I don't know, man. The main event here tonight is, uh, and it started with nine minutes left in the program. <laughs> okay. Nine minutes left, and we're going to have a tables match between uh, Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. First one, and I, I noticed how they, they said this, the first one to offensively put someone through a table. So meaning there was no, that wording tells you there couldn't be accidental, you know, like we've seen, remember the one where Cena fell off the thing and the guy moved the table just so he'd fall yep. in it. And, you know, I guess they were trying to eliminate that. You had to go through a table. Um, for a ladder or for a table match, this was pretty boring. Is he going back to his uh, stupid broken gimmick or whatever? Who knows? Who knows? Because he, he's he, 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 he brought up that table and said delete on delete it. Deleted it. Yeah. But also, 
he's dressed like he was back in the uh, back when he was uh, post brood when he was with you know his brother and they were the hot tag team and then mm -hmm. I don't know all very confusing not the greatest match I would have expected a better match uh, I wanted a better match for the main event did not get it um, Guevara takes the win uh, Hardy looking not like much in here I'm, I'm sorry it didn't it didn't present him in the best of lights. Um, so I'm going to say this was a failure of a, a bit of a main event. Uh, in the end, I think uh, this was a lot better than last Saturday, which was terrible. Yep. But it wasn't up to the snuff of some of the ones we've had in the past. I think I'm going to give this a B minus. Okay, I'm going to go with the C on this one. C? Mm. Well, that'll be interesting. Right now, we're both going to have to catch up on our NXT this week to see yeah. if our vote goes into which way it'll go. Well, apparently, we have um, new uh, tag team champions. So, looking at the results, but I'm going to sit down and watch that uh, later, either tonight or tomorrow. Okay. Well, you know what, fans? Uh, AEW still chugging along. Um, they had a terrible match last, a terrible card last week. Uh, we even threw in our votes, even though you didn't hear it on here. Uh, we registered our votes with WPOV, and that week had NXT taking it in a like a, I think three to three of the four of us voted. Uh, NXT. Only over three uh, voted NXT, one voted AEW. Yeah, and surprisingly, it was Tony Diaz who voted AEW. So, um, but it wasn't a runaway for him either. He just felt it was slightly better. So, well, that'll wrap us up for this week's AEW Dynamite. Mm -hmm. um, fun show things to look at um i gotta tell you fans keep up with the aw you know it's still delivering alternative wrestling at least it's more you know i'm not saying i'm saying don't even bother with this whole wars bullshit just watch it all you know it's wrestling i remember being a kid where you just desperately look for wrestling well there's lots of wrestling available now and sure Sometimes there's crap, but hey, you're not stupid. You can you can figure out what's crap and skip it. We all have PVRs. And then and after a while, it gets tired of this Wednesday Night Wars. It gets uh, old and, uh, you know, just watch, just watch it all. You know what, fans? We're going to let you go for the week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week and uh, throwing your showing your love and support. We just want to say uh, we're still in this whole, you know, trying times. Things are a little scary. There's still the old COVID running around. Uh, there's still a bit of fear of what can happen to us next, but you know what? Solace in it. We're all part of a fraternity of wrestling fans. You're a special group. If you're listening to this show, you belong to a special group of people who like to listen and watch and be a part of the pro wrestling world and uh, take the solace in that, that we're still, we may be out, we may be wearing masks stuck at home and not see each other a lot, but just take solace that there's a whole bunch of people just like you with the same interest who love the same stuff. We're all brothers together in this, all right? And uh, we just want to set, say tonight, thank you to all our fans across the world, wherever you're downloading the show. And uh, this week, I want to send a special uh, shout out to our friends in Australia and New Zealand. All you people in the bottom part of the world, still big wrestling fans. I was down there a couple of years ago. People, great people. Um, we love you all. And uh, just keep watching wrestling, guys, all right? Uh, Elio? It's a pleasure as always seeing you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to get together for some quarantine and some more global. Yep. And uh, just like I said, just want to thank you. And Elio, I yes, think sir. you probably should say goodnight to the good people. Fans, we'll talk to you all next week. Right.